Tiki Hut Media. Hey there, from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. This is Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Wicker. I'm the minister over at Manatee Life Church. Today, we begin a new series, a new sermon series. It's called Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And we lay the groundwork today with an opening sermon. And it's about how we begin this process, this journey of learning the Jesus way of life and making Jesus way of life our way of life. We'll head over to the sanctuary in a few minutes. And I often wonder whether it's possible to find God in all things. And as I think about it, two things pop up for me almost immediately. Where should I be looking and how will I go about it? The where question can be answered right away, literally everywhere, from a time of prayer right through to mowing the lawn or taking a walk along the beach. Why? Because that's where God is. He's literally everywhere. I have examples from my own experience that range from a very quiet meditation to a sometimes sudden sense of peace and consolation while I'm drudging over something at my desk or walking around our neighborhood. All of a sudden, or often gradually, this awareness comes over me, and I'm usually grateful, especially if I take time to notice it, which, unfortunately, I don't always do. The how question, though, needs more time and effort as well along this spiritual path, one which usually begins with prayer, then moves to a reflection upon prayer, and then to a reflection upon life. These have been practices I've worked at for many, many years, and I'm still working on them. And as in any relationship, we're never finished. We begin always with spending time with someone, and then, especially if we're interested in growing in that relationship, we reflect on what's happening during that time together. I've become aware over the years that reflecting is essential to growing, and I've become equally aware of my need to have a Sabbath day for rest, reflection, connection with God, and avoiding burnout. God practiced Sabbath, a weekly rhythm of six days of work and one day of rest. God gives this rhythm of life to us as a gift and commands us to keep it. We're not created for 24-7 work, but instead we're made to rest. Burnout so often happens when we don't live as we were created to live. There are far too many people who think their relationship with God can be summarized by their church attendance record or a few minutes of quiet time in the morning, or maybe that Jesus is just for the spiritual part of life and doesn't really have anything to do with the rest. That could not be further from the truth. Jesus doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you. That's why the earliest members of the Jesus movement were called followers of the way, because that's exactly what Jesus came to introduce, a new, more true way of life, a new way of seeing, of serving, of loving, of solving problems, of relating to people, of doing the daily work of living life. In other words, following Jesus is an all-of-life way of life. It's a way defined by going where he goes, doing what he does, trusting what he says, and loving how he loves. We begin this new series today called Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And for this series, we're going to unpack what following Jesus is really all about. 
anyway, uh, start perhaps in this wonder-filled experience of finding God in all things and following the Jesus way of life is practicing Sabbath. All of us know people in our lives who are moving a million miles an hour and perhaps heading toward burnout. This is the time to share this podcast episode with them. I hope you will send them a text, give them a call, ask them to join you, send them a link to this episode, and we'll see what God has in store as we begin the journey of learning the Jesus way of life. Let's head over to the sanctuary. comes to us from Mark's Gospel, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 28. Let us hear these holy words. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one. And besides him, there is no other and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any questions. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. I am really excited today because we begin a new series, a new message series that I've really been looking forward to. It's called The Jesus Way of Life, Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And throughout this entire series, there's seven Sundays in this series, it's my hope that we will all better learn how to make Jesus' way of life our way of life. And it starts by being a follower. Now, when I was a young boy, we used to play a game called follow the leader. Did you ever play that? Follow the leader on the playground or in your backyard or whatever. It's when, it's when somebody was chosen with a, as a leader. I always hoped I would get chosen. I never was. But you follow the leader. And what you would do is you went where they went. You did what they did. You repeated what they said. And that's how you play follow the leader. But in our day, when we talk about following someone, often it talks about, we're talking about maybe following someone on social media that we may have not even met. Someone far off, 
not only geographically, but personally to us. Now, we might actually know them. They may be a, a family member or a friend, but most times when we talk about following people, we follow celebrities or influencers, and we've never met them, but we say we're following them. And what we really mean is we are admiring them, or we're a fan of theirs. And if they ask us to do things, we, we might do it, if it's what we want to do in the first place. But that is so much less than the calling that Jesus has for us. It is so much less than the invitation that Jesus has for us. Because what Jesus wants to invite us into, what Jesus is calling us to, is not just being a fan or admiring him from a distance, but truly following him. That's what his earliest followers did. You may not know this, but before they were called Christians, they were called followers of the way. Followers of the way. Because the earliest followers of Jesus understood that what he came to do was introduce an entirely new way of life. So much more than just uh, going to church when I feel like it, when it fits into my schedule, or reading the Bible and praying when I remember to, or occasionally doing an act of service or some good to somebody, as long as it's not too weird or too uncomfortable. I'll do that. No, the earliest followers of Jesus gave up everything to follow him. And through their act of obedience, devoting their lives to him, their lives were completely changed. And Jesus used them to change the world. And that very same way of life, that very same power that they had is available to us today. But in order for us to step into that, we got to move from simply admiring Jesus or being a fan of Jesus and actually following him. You see, most people, instead of following Jesus, simply settle for admiring Jesus. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, I like him. He's a good guy. But they're not even close to being the same thing, following and admiring. Let me read this to you. I don't know where this quote came from, but I thought it was excellent. Admiring Jesus means having positive thoughts and feelings about Jesus and doing some of what he talks about as long as it's comfortable and convenient. That's a fan. That's being a fan. There was a book several years ago that it's titled, Not a Fan. And the premise of the book, the whole point of that book is, Jesus doesn't need more admirers. Jesus doesn't need a bigger fan base. Jesus needs followers. Jesus needs disciples who are all in. So, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And that's what we're going to dive into throughout this entire series. When we talk about following Jesus, what we're talking about is going where he goes, doing what he does, trusting what he says, and loving how he loves. So first things first. If you're following along with your notes, following Jesus is an 
all of life way of life. It is an all of life way of life. When Jesus was asked the most important commandment in the entire Bible, he said this. this the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In other words, Jesus is saying the thing that matters most is going all in for God. We got to move from admirer and, and fanboy or fangirl. We got to move from that and be all in for God, for devoting every part of our life to loving Him and serving others. Loving Him and serving others. Our faith, is, our faith in Jesus is meant to be a part of every single thing we do. It is the basis of everything. Like I told the children this morning, with the alphabet being the basis for reading and writing, Love of God, love of neighbor is the basis for the Jesus way of life. It's everything we do. Everything we do is hinges on that. There was a man who really had no interest in Christianity. And he became a casual friend of a fellow who lived next door to him, who was a Christian. They talked over the fence. They had cookouts together. They borrowed each other's lawnmower and weed eater and helped one another out and that sort of thing. Things neighbors do for each other. Then the non-Christian man's wife was diagnosed with a severe form of cancer in the latest stages of it. And she died just three months later. And here's a part of what the non-Christian man wrote in his journal during those days. He said, I was in total despair. I went through the funeral preparations and the service like I was in a trance. After the service, I went to the path along the river and walked all night, but I didn't walk alone. My neighbor, my Christian neighbor, afraid for me, I guess, stayed with me all night. He didn't speak. He didn't even walk beside me. He just followed me. When the sun finally came up over the river at daybreak, he came over and said, okay, let's go get some breakfast. I go to church now, my neighbor's church, a religion that can produce the kind of caring and love my neighbor showed me is something I want to find out more about. I want to love and be loved like that for the rest of my life. It's been asked and answered by theologians over the centuries. How does, how Christian love and examples of that attract non-believers? That authentic love of God and love of others and what marks us in the eyes of our enemies is our loving kindness. Look, look how they love one another. Is this how our community reacts 
when they think of Manatee Life Church. Look at how they love one another. What can we do to make an even bigger impact on those who want to love and to be loved? Because that's what people want. That's what everybody wants. That's what we need. It's what people hunger for. Unconditional love. No strings attached. We've got children growing up who know absolutely nothing about true, real, unconditional love. We have adults on crack, meth, living in hotels, living in the streets, killing themselves because they've never been loved and they don't know they are loved. They think life is worth nothing. It's cheap. So why not just throw it all away? Doesn't mean anything. But life is not cheap. It has incalculable worth. God created every one of us out of love and because of that love in his image. And when that image was blurred by sin, God gave up everything, everything to come and rescue us. No, life is not cheap. It is not worthless. And that is because God loves us. God loves you. God loves me. And the love of God is for everyone. No restrictions. It represents divine, unconditional, self-sacrificing, active, and thoughtful love. It is, it is the highest level of love. It is selfless. And it's a love that is committed fully to the well-being of others. Again, in its purest form, it is essentially divine. And yet, Jesus calls us to love like this and expects us to love like this. Love God with all you've got. And love neighbor as yourself. Love everyone as yourself. That is what the Jesus way of life is all about. The greatest commandment. Loving both God and our neighbor. And the thing that's really special about following Jesus is the next fill in the blank. The thing about following Jesus is that it always involves other people. Loving Jesus always involves other people. Sometimes you might feel lonely, but I promise you, there is someone that God wants to bring into your life and to help you live out the purpose he's created for you. Because following Jesus, again, is an all of life way of life. Following Jesus is going to make you more like him. It's about being with him. It's, and it, it always, always involves other people. There is no such thing as a solitaire Christian. They don't exist. But what if our neighbor doesn't necessarily love us back? What if our neighbor might even hate us or seek to do us harm? We might consider them an enemy. Well, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us the definition of what love toward our neighbor like that might look like when he said, you have heard that it was said, you must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies 
and pray for those who harass you so that you will be acting as children of your Father who is in heaven. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul puts it beautifully. Love is kind. Love is patient. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice. But it is happy with the truth. Love never fails. Now faith, hope, and love remain these three things. And the greatest of these is love. Oh, if we could live like that. If we could have that kind of love. You know what? I believe we can. It may not, it may not come all at once. It may take a lifetime to achieve. We may never completely get there. But the journey begins when we make the resolute decision to follow Christ's commandment, to love God above all else and with everything we've got, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8 say this, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. Do we know God? Do we love? Do we love God and all humankind? No strings attached. And what I mean by that is that we cannot say, or Jesus did not say, love your neighbor as yourself, comma, except if they he didn't put any qualifiers on there, did he? What did he say? Love your neighbor as yourself, period. Doesn't matter about what we and our judgments might think or what we and our interpretation of Scripture might think about that person. Jesus didn't say that. Love God with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself, period. That's what the Jesus way of life is all about. And as we begin this journey together, love God, love neighbor. We've got to start with that foundation. It's the secret to everything. It should be our goal. Because admiring Jesus or being a fan of Jesus is not going to change your life. Because it's easy to admire someone from a distance, but following, following requires that we get up close and personal. Close enough to know who he really is. Close enough to feel and experience his love and allow his power to change you. And therefore, you can share that with others and change the world. In the coming weeks, we're going to dive even deeper into some of the things Jesus said and Jesus did. 
We're going to figure out how we can apply these things to our lives and become more like him and do the things that he's asked us to do. Remember the story I told earlier, the man who experienced the love of his Christian neighbor. Hear his words once again. A religion that can produce the kind of caring and love my Christian neighbor showed me is something I want to find out more about. I want to love and be loved like that for the rest of my life. Don't we all? So does everyone else. So let's commit to learning the Jesus way of life. Love God with all you got and love, love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, give us the faith to go where you go. Do what you do. Trust what you say. And love how you love. Today we commit to following you. Amen. And now go forth in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us go forth. Inspire love. Embrace Christ. Engage the world. And tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace. There you go. Pretty simple. Love God with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the beginning of learning the Jesus way of life. The series continues next week here on Soul Ramblings podcast as we look at baptism and battle. What does that mean? Well, once we accept Jesus's way of life and we're committed to Jesus way of life, we can expect some battles along the way. We'll talk more about it next week on Soul Ramblings podcast. You can join us each and every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time over at Manatee Life Church live stream on YouTube. Got a link in the show notes of this episode. Be sure to join us this Sunday. Also, get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Got links to those pages in the show notes. Head over there, like us, follow us, give, leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Hey, I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I really, really do not take that for granted, and I really thank you for joining us today. And before we check out today, here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness, and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. I'm Jerry Wicker, the minister and your host here on the podcast. See you next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, Subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.